You were recently rewarded Alumni of the Year from KTH Royal Institute of Technology, yeah. uh, one of our most pristine universities in, in Sweden. Exactly. For your work within uh, gender equality and women in tech, bringing tech to women, however uh, we solve this problem. It's another one of those things that I can't really, I haven't really defined or put into words why it's important to me. A really sort of strong side of me or like noticeable part of my personality is that I get really annoyed when I notice that people do things because they've always been that way. Hey, my name is Innocent Maginga and you're listening to the Learnability Podcast. For individuals seeking growth, we've created this open-ended exploration into our ability and desire to learn. I guess you could call it a combination of what we know and how we learn. So in conversation with individuals either speaking from experience, belief or science, we seek to find answers to how to navigate and win in this information age. In today's episode, we're talking to Paulina, who's an engineer, tech geek, MIT Media Lab graduate, entrepreneur, diversity driver, networking genius, and the program editor for the Innovation Conference Gather Festival. How um, do you pronounce your... Last name. Yeah. I was trying. I was... I know. It's, <laughs> but it's not as complicated as it looks. Modlipa. Modlipa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I got it's it. It's Czech. Sutherland. Yeah. Ah, Czech. Yeah. And I'm not... Uh, I just dropped Sutherland, so it's, I made okay. it a little bit easier. So, yeah. So, you are currently working with the Gather Festival. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing there and the festival in large. Yeah. This year, I'm solely responsible for the program, so I've booked like 60 speakers or so. I've seen you on LinkedIn, like, hey, I know. does anybody know? <laughs> exactly. So I have ideas, but I love to sort of hear other people's ideas of who should be on stage, and it just makes inclusion easier as well, and, and yeah. Um, so that's what I do. Gather is an innovation conference, yeah. and it's sort of unique in the sense that it's heavily focusing on actually solving the problems or the issues or the questions that we uh, feature on stage. So it's not just a, like, come and listen to speakers, hallelujah moment, you know. That motivation, of, inspiration. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's um, we actually feature some really difficult questions. Mm -hmm. I actively look for people who are less positive about the future. I want a mix of people from different areas, but also people with different viewpoints, um, optimists and people who are more sort of skeptical about the future. Um, because I, you know, it's interesting, you know, interesting things happen when people with different perspectives meet. You get the full spectrum, like right. doom and gloom and uh, innovation for it's, saving this future. Exactly. And we try to attract people who want to be part of innovating the future or solving these issues. So entrepreneurs, obviously, but people from the industry as well, from academia, and make these people meet. And um, so in addition to the actual program that I curate, we have workshops. We have um, what we call boxes that are sort of discussion Q&A sessions. Okay that are sort of scheduled right after 
um, the topic has been featured on stage. So right after a session, let's say uh, Future of Democracy, you can participate if you want to in a box talk, which is usually sort of um, hosted by a company or somebody, an organization or a company that particularly interested in, in discussing that topic. I love that. Yeah. Because you're more than just there for listening. You can participate. Mm-hmm. and. Exactly. Sometimes you find like a topic you want to dive into. Yeah. So that's nice that you give that opportunity. Exactly. And I know from last year that people really appreciated the fact that we had plenty of time for a Q&A afterwards. If mm. people know that going into it, they might prepare questions and you get that exactly. dialogue. Yeah. Exactly. What on this program for this year are you most excited about? Well, personally, so again, comparing to last year, when it comes to the agenda and the speakers, I think we're getting closer to actually specifying what Gather is about when it comes to speakers. Um, so Chris Wiley, Christopher Wiley, the, the whistleblower yeah. who was part of, of building Cambridge Analytica and then realized that it's being used in, in ways that he's not okay with and mm. decided to sort of leak to the media. I played a pivotal role in setting up a company that I think has done a lot of harm to the democratic process. Cambridge Analytica drilled deep, looking for a trove of social media data on Americans to help Republican presidential campaigns fine-tune their messages and win votes. We were able to get upwards of 50 million plus uh, Facebook records in the span of a couple months. Um, he's coming. And also um, Sheila Bernstein, who is who was part of the Bhagawan movement, which is controversial. And, and that's what I want to sort of there's a Netflix, a Netflix documentary about Sheila and, and the movement that I highly recommend. It's called Wild Country. America was land of promise. It was my conviction we will have no problems. I don't think America has a place for these people. Everyone in Antelope mistrusts Rajneesh. I want that guru and his evil influence out of my city. They're run by satanic power. There is talk of vigilantes who may seek revenge on the Rajneeshis. A bomb went off in the middle of the community. More than 60 followers evacuated. It was a catastrophe. Mostly unjust, terrified. Didn't take measures to protect our community. No one else would do it. And um, you should definitely check it out. Um, It's so. What's significant about these two speakers and and some others as well is that they are controversial to some extent. I mean, Chris Wiley, he must have known. We'll see what what he says, Mm -hmm. um, but. He must have known that he was part of building something that wasn't, you know, at least not 100% transparent. They were collecting data in ways that, you know, the users hadn't approved on via like surveys on Facebook, sketchy surveys, games and stuff. They were actually influencing democracy and sort of elections. That's when he decided to to jump the ship or, or to actually tried to stop it. Yeah. And Sheila was part of building a sect. Uh, and, and she was actually in jail for a while because she, um, they built a whole community, a whole movement in a community, a little town in the U in the U S and, um, as part of protecting this community, she actually took to guns 
and was um, sentenced to jail for for being violent, basically. And um, and um, yeah, so she's controversial as well. But she has, you know, she's um, done time in jail, and um, this was a long time ago. And um, we want to hear her view on what she did back then and what she, um, what her thoughts are when it comes to sort of the whole, to building movements and to people's uh, need for like new religions. Tribalism. Exactly. And and questions that are so important right now um, when, when we are sort of drawn apart, but looking for new religions, new communities to belong to, and, and yeah, extremism. You have a really interesting lineup of speakers coming. Yeah. Is it easy to get them here to Stockholm? How's the process behind that, your, your actual work? Well, so the positive part is that we're so new to this, and still people get, get the context, and they understand that, wow, this is not your regular conference. This is not like your regular business or not even your regular startup conference. Mm. This is something different. And this is a platform and a community that I want to take part in. So gladly, because we have a pretty small budget, um, we're we're a startup and we're bootstrapping. I've managed to get people to come here and to talk for, you know, at least with some of them, a smaller fee than they regular ask for, normally ask for, which... It makes my job a lot easier. The buy into the concept sort Exactly. Of Being part of the family, meeting other speakers. So they obviously an important part of me convincing speakers to come is to show them like we already booked this and this speaker. And, and, and we focus on that as well to actually make people make the speakers meet uh, over dinners and uh, once they're here in Stockholm. So. Tell me a little bit more. How did you get into this and how, how, how come you're in this position today? Well, so I, it, it, in a sense, it just happened. I've always been very well connected, curious, both when it comes to people and to topics in the future. Um, so that's what people have associated me with. And um, when I started my own company, my own business, five, almost five years ago, that's when it started happening. Like people actually contacted me and wanted me to be involved in different things. So women in tech is another conference that I'm involved in. So it just happened that Martina Elm, who's another very well-connected entrepreneur in the Stockholm startup scene, she knew Jakob Grandin, who's the founder of, of Gather, who's also the founder of Tregon, which is one of the most famous um, outdoor nightclubs uh, here in, in Stockholm. One of our flagships, yeah. really, yeah. Exactly. They knew each other. And when Jakob started talking to Martina about this idea, he's been thinking about it like for five, six years, yeah. I think, and talking to people about it, she mentioned me. And um, I'm really glad she did. At first, I was like, oh, another one of those projects that, you know, I won't get paid for or I have to put my heart into it and, you know, what will come of it. And, you know, passion um, projects. Yeah, passion projects. But there was something about, like, 
I just love the idea and it fits so nicely into who I am and and definitely who I want to be and what I want to be associated with. Like I'm so um, interdisciplinary as a person, like for me to actually connect people um, cross borders, both when it comes to people and topics. And, you know, that's that's where I want to be. And, and that's still my feeling. Like, uh, it's been so tough at times to actually make it. Um, we have so grandiose ambitions and we, we had like huge ambitions from the start. Um, we, we made it into like one of Sweden's largest innovation conferences in global from, from start from scratch. That's amazing. I know. And we had like 1500 participants last year. So, <laughs> so we're not doing the lean thing, no. if you know what I mean. <laughs> and it's been tough at times, but I still feel like this is where I want to be. And I really want to be part of building gather long term. Let's take it all the way back. How yeah. did you get in this in this context? I'm an engineer. Yeah. Uh, I was at the MIT Media Lab for a couple of years and did research and moved back to Sweden in 2008. And that's just when I got involved, both by like work, doing strategy, innovation for media companies, for startups. Um, and but also the community via Geeker Meetup and yeah, I just got that's just how it happened. I've always wanted to be um, in the forefront yeah. and being part of sort of convincing people that changing and sort of looking into what's coming yeah. uh, in the near future and, and uh, yeah it sounds like you have your passion like you said in in the future and innovation and yeah. and, and progress yeah and you've placed yourself in in those contexts exactly and But made yourself very valuable as well exactly i think it's curiosity yeah i just i've never actually really sort of defined why why that's where I want to be. It it just happened. And that I grew up with, a, especially a father who loved to, who never assumed that I, as a child, wasn't able to think about the larger questions. So we used to take long walks and talk about like philosophy, physics, math. I had so many questions. I, I've always, you know, been curious and I always wanted to sort of learn about the world and um yeah and and he encouraged it and he encouraged me to sort of well he's he he spoke about he was really great in the sense that or is really great in the sense that he encouraged me to put things in a context mm-hmm. so not just learn i was a very like duktiflicka in school yeah. in the sense that i i was really good at learning things by heart and just and um, acing tests yeah. um But he convinced me to try to understand things in a larger context, more long term. Like, you know, the fact that Hitler rose to power during this period. Like, what else do I know that I can that can help me understand that better? And that changed everything. And I think that makes it easier for me to also extrapolate into the future. Like, yeah, because history repeats itself. And it's as, as, as soon as you start learning to see, as soon as you can see patterns and understand things it's easier to also understand what it leads to yeah and you can apply that in various uh, subjects so that's what i do so your your father created like a a safe zone for learning it sounds like yeah and i'm getting i'm connecting this to creating gather women in tech and it's interesting how you can create that in in these uh, 
if it's meetups or as big as a conference. So maybe that's like you're giving back in some way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I really wish um, it's it's all about giving ourselves the time to actually listen to each other's questions and thoughts. And, and I just feel like we don't do it. In a sense, we do it more today because we have all these areas for like meetups yeah. and we have all these arenas for actually meeting. Yeah. But to, well, another part of me thinks that, that we still don't have the focus and time to really listen to each other today. Like I'm just analyzing myself as a parent using my phone. Um, I'm, I'm, of course, to no surprise, very tech positive, and I'm definitely not a, you know, we should ban screens type of person. I, I definitely, I let my kids use screen, like, devices all the time. But as a parent, I notice that I don't take these long walks with my kids. And when they ask questions, sometimes they don't get my attention because I'm busy using Instagram. So um, it's definitely something I want to change and get better at to actually encourage my kids questions about, you know, large questions about life. And um, yeah, I'm also very uh, pro uh, digital or screen like the development. Mm -hmm. But I think we need to oversee like our consumption and being controlled at yeah. least. So use the screen, but being controlled. And we have a track about that, of yeah. course, at, at Gather as well. Um, yeah, called There's an App for That, which focuses on more sort of time well spent yeah. and other movements and, and ideas on how we can make um, use devices, app services in more uh, aware ways, yeah. mindful ways, yeah. but also apps that focus on like solving real issues, if you know what I mean, and just not just make us uh, addicted or wanting to spend more time with it, you know. Hoping we'll get better in that area. So you were recently rewarded Alumni of the Year from KTH Royal Institute of Technology, uh, one of our most pristine universities in, in Sweden for your work within uh, gender equality and women in tech, bringing tech to women, however uh, we solve this problem. So tell us a little bit about women in tech and your yeah. work in this subject. It's another one of those things that I can't really, I haven't really defined or put into words why it's important to me. But I guess, well, I guess a really sort of strong side of me or like noticeable part of my personality is that I get really annoyed when I notice that people do things because they've always been that way. So as soon as I see that pattern, as soon as I notice that, you know, there are only men in this room because there always only been men in this room or as soon as I see and notice that people assume things that things should be in a certain way, I'm the one raising my hand saying, wait, wait a minute. And so seeing women actually loving technology, wanting to be a part of that scene, the startup scene, the tech scene, whatever that means, and not feeling at home, not feeling welcomed in, to certain extents in different ways made me um, angry in a constructive way. Um, I'd say, and, and I hear that sometimes, like I've heard people say, why do I have to be angry? Like I, I wrote a couple of 
like opinion ads in newspapers, for example, about this topic and the fact that from my perspective, we were just copying um, a, a very bro-ish uh, startup culture from right from Silicon Valley yeah. instead of building a startup scene based on Swedish values or at least like we at least we started building the community later here. So we had a chance to not make the same mistakes, if you know what I mean. And from my perspective, at least a couple of years ago, we did. And it made me angry. Um, and people were sort of questioning why I was angry. And I said, well, it's actually possible to be angry and try to do something about it at the same time. I'm not just a person who's angry and then expect other people to solve it. Or I'm not just being angry because I like to or, you know, for the sake of it. I actually want to solve problems as well. So I, I was part of, of um, f founding and sort of shaping Tekla Festivalen, um, which is uh, like gather for younger girls. Um, How will that take place? Taking place for the fourth or fifth time. So this was, we actually started it 2014, maybe? 1415? Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, KTH invites like a couple of hundred girls between the age, ages of nine and 18, um, at least back then, and a number of, of tech companies who host, we, we want a tech festival to be hands-on as well. So it's all focused on workshops and actually building robots, coding, animating, you know, and, and companies uh, who are part of tech is, is also we also invite companies from, um, from different sectors. So it's everything from, from the gaming industry to vehicle, smart vehicles to, you know, to, to really sort of um, introduce these girls before it's too late, really, to these topics. So it's, it's all of these areas or all of these communities that I'm part of. Tecla, I'm not part of that anymore, um, but Geeker Meetup is part just a safe space for, for women or girls mm -hmm. to, who are already into tech and love it to just explore it more and, and be the proud geeks that they are. And it's part making women and girls who, have not, who are yet to discover that to, to do so, uh, to explore. Like, is this something for me? Try it out, explore, also in a safe context. Amazing, and it ties back again. I don't know if it's me just making this connection, but to the way you found that space, and I love that you can move that forward. And yeah. we have that culture a lot here in Stockholm of mm. passing it forward. Exactly. Yeah. So talking about moving forward after Gather and onward, what do you see yourself? Where do you see? Um, it? I've already been part of Digitaliseringskommissionens expertråd which is we were sort of like an advisory board for the IT minister, minister um, which is like a minister. We haven't had a dedicated IT or tech minister um, at all, which I think we should have. Yeah, yeah. But so we were an advisory board to Peter Eriksson. Uh, and I loved that. It was frustrating as well because it took so... I was part of it for two years. And I think I needed those two years to actually understand like what type of advice and tips and insights I can, that actually can make a difference within politics. Like it, it takes time to understand politics if you're not like actually in it. What makes it all the way. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's pretty true bits. What is that? Like 
you can't actually, so, yeah, and, and you can't actually change that much with politics. Like it's, it's policy and it's law. But when it comes to quality, for example, you know, you can't just force companies to hire more women, uh, you know, uh, which, yeah, made it frustrating sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so why are we discussing this? We can't even change it. This, you know, um, but... The intersection where business and politics meet. Yeah, exactly. But I still want to be um, closer to power, but <laughs> I know it sounds like full <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm taking over the world. No, no but I, I get want it. to be part Make of... Make a change. Yeah, closer to policymakers yeah. in some sense. Like, I don't want to be in politics full time because I know I would be so frustrated by this. You know, I'm not a slow mover. Um, but I would love to be like an advisor in residence for half a year, you know, whatever new formats for actually making politicians understand tech, the future innovation better. They don't understand it. They're so slow. And with your experience, as well as your passion and the questions mm-hmm. you really want to work with, mm-hmm. uh, I can see you making a lot of difference there. So I hope, yeah. I hope to, to see you in that yeah, position. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope the minister is listening to whoever that is. We don't know. Uh, you know, we'll see in a couple of weeks. That's right. Yeah. Well, let's move into my recurrent questions. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's go. So how much time do you dedicate to self-education? Not enough. <laughs> Everything I do is self-education. Like I try to, as a consultant, it's so easy to get into just helping solving other people's questions or problems or, you know, do this for us. Yes. And then I don't really think about developing my own sort of perspectives or changing them. Um, so a, a concrete thing that I do is, is going to South by Southwest every year uh, for a whole week or a week and a half even to listen to other talks you know just change my perspective and i want to do more of that Mm. and on a daily basis so i i try to dedicate more time to actually attend yeah and also not just the most obvious tech scene but also you know changers hub and other uh, platforms that include people from um, from other socioeconomic areas in stockholm because that's where I come from. I come from, from, the, from the suburbs yeah. of Stockholm. Yeah. yeah. You're born and raised in... In Jordan. In Jordan. Yeah. Oh, right. We have that. I lived there for seven years oh, in Honninge and Jordan, ah. I think, three, four years. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know we had that's that in so common. Cool. Yeah. And it's also, you know, you know, Jordan's really struggling. Yeah. Um, but Panietos, for example, uh, the, the band are doing great things. We have to talk about, I worked yeah. with them. Um, I was about 15 years old and really into music. So I started doing music in mm. the studio that they created. Oh. And from that, I learned like all the programs and everything. And I opened yeah. a Vaganut. That, that oh, the did. name, Yeah, the yeah. name of the organization. I opened one in Tyresa, actually. Oh. And it's still there. And yeah, worked close wow. with them. That's so cool. <laughs> cool. And yeah, they're really doing great job. They Amazing. had the one in Jordro, mm-hmm. Skogos, the one in Tyresa is still there, yeah. uh, Upplands Väsby. It's amazing. So that's also something that I wish, I really want to, you know, I want to bring back something. Yeah. I don't have money yet to actually invest, reinvest in, in Jordro, but, you know, if I, I do one day, 
you is definitely one of the first um, uh, sort of communities that I want to reinvest in. I see you're like really creating opportunity, even if you're not doing it in Ubru, but there's still an opportunity for them to join, like Gather or or uh, Women in Tech or just other exactly. things. I think this yeah. is a way for me to give back in, in that way. Yeah. Uh, so we do what we can. And I love that we're many trying yeah. to give back. Exactly. Yeah. And, and hopefully to some extent we can act as role models as well to sort of show the kids out there that, you know, it's... Uh, you can be whatever you want to as long as you you want to and, and show them what what options there are mm-hmm. of, yeah i think you sort of answered my my second question what is your favorite source of information mm-hmm. you seem to like to get it a lot from live interactions and that's uh, where i get my energy from as yeah. well i love meeting people <laughs> it's very frustrating to walk with me um uh outdoors because i stop every five minutes or even sometimes even more often <laughs> to talk to people like oh hey oh yeah hey. it's, it's constant a constant networking process but. we met this friday yeah. and the Today, this morning, exactly. <laughs> you go. mingling. So that's, yeah. And apart from that podcasts, I wish I had more time and I wish I would take the time to read more. But for me right now, listening to podcasts, when I cook, when I walk, um, whenever I'm doing something else is, is true, is great. I love podcasts as well because you can do it at the same time while you're doing something else, especially walking because that improves your cognitive um, abilities. So yeah, it's a good way of learning. Yeah. Okay. So my next question is what's your best hack for learning? My best hack for learning is the spider web that I talked about, or, or I didn't actually refer to as a spider web, but that's the sort of metaphor that my dad used to actually connect all imagine that you're not just learning things separately but try to build a, a spider web of insights so whenever you learn something new connected to something that you know something that you already know and that's how you start understanding the bigger the larger picture so sort of. that's a great one i haven't either referred to it as a spider web but that's really what it is you're mm. connecting all the pieces of the puzzle and that's how the brain works yeah, really exactly. like connecting things Bridges. yeah okay so my favorite question yeah if you were to write a book that would be read by all young adults in the world mm. what would be the title and subtitle <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, how I took over the world in 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> how you can do it too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. Um, no, um, so this is going to be a long answer too. But one of my most sort of important moments when it comes to the way I look at innovation and cultures and organizations was the fact that I was actually working at Nokia during the summer that the iPhone was launched. So back in 2007. I was really young. I was still studying at MIT, but for some reason I was, they wanted me to be part of their innovation. Like this, back then it was super hip. Like the best designers, innovators were part of the innovation team at Nokia, the headquarters in Finland. Um, and I just noticed, like I didn't have much, much experience, but I just noticed that people were so frustrated in that team because they had great ideas they could definitely have designed something like the iPhone but you know the the innovation team was just for show 
Um, so they had people traveling the world, living with families to understand how they use cell phones. And it was so, they invested so much in this team. And still, as soon as they had an idea or a new design or something, the idea was killed just like one or two managers away. You know, like, oh, we can't do this. No way. Like, whoa. Uh, and, and technically, like the platform didn't even support changes. It was complicated to even move like one, a button from one side to the other on the screen. So it was like, I was super new to this, but it took me like 10 minutes to understand like nothing great is coming out of this team, even though the ideas are there, the people, everything, but the organization, the tech, um, nothing supports it. So this is just, you know, this is a PR machine. This is for sure. Take some slides from it. And that really sort of affected me so much in the ways in, you know, in in thinking about these things. And like, so I've been thinking about writing a book based on this experience, like how to actually, there are so many companies who have great people with great ideas and how to actually make use of it for real. Utilize talent. Yeah, something connected to being brave enough as a leader yeah. to actually give these people space for real mm. to make a difference. Um, and, and, and also as a way to survive, because obviously just a couple of years later, Nokia just suffered uh, the highest price. Exactly. As a company. And, and I saw that coming. Honestly, I did. That's a really interesting topic utilization of talent and you have to have a lot of trust like you said as a leader you have to have that trust and if you can i think my idea is if you can build a culture around learning and always a constant on the edge of curiosity and not just killing i think the biggest problem that we have is that we kill the innate curiosity lust for innovating and changing that is there and we just make people um more susceptible s- to cynical yeah. and and like people give up eventually so yeah i don't know what the title would be like um i'm thinking something clickbait like in the death of nokia exactly, <laughs> something, <yeah>. something. <laughs> how to avoid you know <laughs> looking forward to your book yeah <laughs> So in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life? As to what I, what I do? Yeah. Oh, that's a great question. Either a belief, a behavior, or a like, habit. What I, I would say... Um, I always thought that... I would make my own success and that the key to my success is to, by meditation or or something, find my own way forward and and sort of my own goals. But I've actually come to accept and, and understand that it's perfectly fine to let other people lead your way forward. So I've, you know, I've had periods during the last five years or 10 years where I've been so lost in my own career and I just let people I just let go and told myself like well this is the the story I tell myself afterwards uh, it was probably not as you know a, I was probably not as aware of it back when it actually happened but still to actually see where people want me to be 
And that's actually how, you know, the how Gather happened. And um, so I'm still partly struggling with accepting the fact that I let other people um, design my future because we're told that we, you know, we have to be in charge of our own, you know, lives and blah, blah, blah. But, but it's fine. A little it's bit fine. the power of networking and being a champion of, of exactly. connecting with people. Exactly. You don't know who you'll connect with. Exactly. And I love serendipity. And I think that's what I want to get better at. And I think that's what I hear more, more and more entrepreneurs actually admit to. That it's not just, you know, them being great at doing what they're doing. It's about seeing possibilities and things that just happen because you meet people, because you say yes to things, because, yeah. And, and that's what I want to get better at too, and I'm pretty good at, um, in actually just letting, you know, fall in my gut feeling, like, wow, this feels like something that's along the lines of what I want to do. It's exciting, it's interesting, maybe not what I was thinking, you know, but it's interesting, and yeah, let's see where it goes. Exactly. Let other people being part of writing your story and your future as well, and not just you. That's a great answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when you feel overwhelmed or unfocused or have lost focus temporarily, what do you do? Um, that's a great question because it happens a lot. Like I lose track all the time. Um, I talk to people. Yeah. I have so many ideas, thoughts directions that I want to go in and that's another part in, in just accepting that I can't just it doesn't really work for me to just sit down and meditate or write a list on a piece of paper um, I need to use other people as references like I need to hear other people um, yeah I need other people as as reference points mm -hmm. in life um, so I need to use other colleagues, friends, etc., as as my boundaries or my ballplank, or you know. I can really relate to that, and I've been thinking that maybe half of that is just hearing yourself say it out loud, yeah, and sometimes having to explain it. Yeah, it's not as much about what person it is you're talking to sometimes, exactly, but just saying it out loud and hearing yourself. That's so true, and I'm. I'm a weird mix of a person who has many ideas, want to go in many directions, as I said, but I'm also very determined to get things done. I'm very stubborn and I always want to reach the end goal. So the original end goal. So I need people as well, equally as much to help me realize when it's time to stop or redefine what the end goal is or like we already succeeded. Like this is fine. This is good enough. To actually, you know, good enough. Uh, we don't have to excel. We, you know, this will end up being a great program even without that particular speaker that you really wanted to book. So it's, um, yeah, I need people around me for, for various reasons. Stepping out of your head and thoughts. Yeah. Getting some space. Both direction and, and redirecting and finding focus and, yeah. Good answer as mm. well. So lastly, what are you eager to learn within the near future? Oh, that's also a great question. I'm eager to learn. I, I tend to get more dystopic about society 
um, I, uh, something that I want to learn and I've been trying to learn is how we can, when it comes to Sverigedemokraterna, for example, and with Trump, what actually makes people think that it's, that Sverigedemokraterna or Trump is a good option. And I mean, they're both elected, so it, it's not that I, I don't question democracy, but I'm, democracy is taking let's say interesting directions and people are making choices that are not obvious to me when it's not not based on like it's not about the politics but it's about more to me a question of like suddenly people are choosing options that are not the most um comfortable like the most obvious choice which is when it comes to psychology sort of what we people tend to do like we We want to choose options that we always chosen. We we want to feel comfortable safe. and and safe, and you know. And suddenly, a, a big part of of the community or uh, people big enough big enough part is is choosing an option that could change things dramatically, and uh, as we see in the U.S., make things pretty scary and and very insecure. Um, that's what I want to understand, like the ways in which I guess the future of democracy, which is a track I gather as well, sort of what what will happen with it? How far will it go? And exactly, and how will it? people use their use democracy and their voice in the future? It just feels like they're that we're again like using our right to vote to choose options that decrease our our democratic space so that's what i try to understand i can't understand but i want to understand like why do we want to to use our right to to vote and and sort of affect our own future and lives to actually decrease that that um that space It's a huge question. It is really, and something that you could spend several hours thinking about and yeah. trying to figure out. And I guess at the end of the day, only future can tell. Yeah, but again, we can influence it. Yeah, I think. definitely. We can change it yeah. by understanding it and discussing it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm not just going to rulatu mana like I definitely want to lean in on that one. Get into discussion and exactly understand. Yeah. To some extent, participate in, in some of the, at least one of the the movements that are out there that tries to to understand this. Mm. Mm -hmm. That's great, mm -hmm. and I think we're really lucky to have you on these questions, <laughs> creating these spaces for learning, and um, really amazing job. Looking forward to the Gather Festival as well. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. If people want to get in contact with you, is it LinkedIn? That's your. Yeah. Or, or just search for Paus Pling, P-A-U-S-P-L-I-N-G. I'm Paus Pling in almost all like social channels. So Twitter, LinkedIn are my public. Um, and I also have a public Instagram account um, where I share work stuff. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Paulina Modlitba, I'm pretty easy to find. That's why I didn't want to get rid of Modlitba when I got married, um, because it's searchable. I want to be, yeah. <laughs> I want to, at least, at least so far I've been wanting, you know, I, I want to optimize my search. Uh, I want to be search optimized <laughs> as a person. Yeah. Thank you very much, Paulina. Thank you. Mm -hmm.